We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select. Welcome to Picks for Pace, presented by the Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. Welcome to Picks for Pace, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report. My name is Andrew Freeman, and of course, I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Yusei Koshal. Yusei, we are recording this episode on Monday, July 12th. We're only about two weeks away right now from the start of training camp, a little bit over two weeks right now. Exciting stuff here as we get closer and closer to football season. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing well. It's exciting that football's back. We're going to right around the corner from being back also super excited because we're dropping our speaking of training camp actually just make sure you guys are checking the bear report website every day because we're dropping different positional previews leading up to training camp my running back one is actually releasing on tuesday july 13th so check that one out and then check out andrew's work as well as zach's work yeah absolutely looking forward to getting those training camp previews done some position previews done uh this is where the season really kicks off and uh really Really anticipate a lot of anticipation, I think, for all of us Bears fans going into the season with you know a new quarterback in town, a lot more optimism than I think what happened at the what was going on at the start of the offseason. And certainly, hopefully, this is going to be really our first chance as fans really to see Justin Fields in action, um, in a Bears uniform at some of these practices coming up soon. So, uh, really looking forward to that. But we do have some news, or I should say, some. Intriguing topics to talk about here, you said, as it relates to the Bears currently right now, because one of the biggest storylines going on for the Bears currently as we head into trading camp is the status of Allen Robinson and his contract situation with the Bears. Because as we know, Allen Robinson was franchise tagged at the beginning of the, of the free agency period, basically locking him into the Bears for one year here. And with the franchise tag and the, and the current template that they're using right now, the deadline to sign him to an long-term extension is coming up really quick here july 15th uh so in only in three days here coming up it's probably gonna be uh probably two days away from the time this uh recording is out here so i think this kind of brings up the main storyline here of 
know, do we expect Allen Robinson and the Bears to get an extension done and get a long-term deal here? Because this is something that has been really discussed over the last two years or so. You know, the Bears, they it seems like they just haven't really done a good job here, in my opinion, of you know, getting a deal done. It seems like they've been very tepid at you know being aggressive and actually trying to get something done with Allen Robinson. And it's been this long conversation ever since last year where it's been a lot of back and forth where, you know, it sounds like the Bears, they're not meeting Al Robinson's price tag. They're not really even offering him a ton of, of offers, you know, you know, recently. Just a really messy situation, in my opinion, that really doesn't need to be. But, you know, we'll look at this thing here in three days. You know, what are your expectations here for how this will play out uh, before the July 15th deadline? I mean, I don't expect a deal to get done. And I think that if the Bears were legitimately serious about locking Allen Robinson up, they wouldn't have wasted two years doing so. When you ultimately look at the state of the wide receiver position, I mean, I believe it's DeAndre Hopkins who makes about $27 million a year, somewhere around that range. And if Allen Robinson, I recall, was, I think, the 16th or 17th highest paid wide receiver last year. And when you have guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, both of those who play for the Los Angeles Rams, ahead of Allen Robinson, I mean, that speaks volumes as to how underpaid A-Rob is. Now, for Allen Robinson, I mean, the reason he's only making, whatever, $13, $14 million a year on the three-year deal that he signed back in 2018 is because people forget, well, he was coming off a torn ACL. And at that point, you're just taking whatever you can get to kind of prove your worth. But just moving forward here, I mean, I don't expect the deal to get done simply because I think that there's not necessarily a serious bar that's been set for the wide receiver position. I mean, yeah, we know Hopkins is making $27 million a year, but then also there's another wide receiver in the NFC, Chris Godwin, who's also on the franchise tag. And I think that Godwin is interesting because Godwin is whenever both these guys get long-term deals, whenever it is, whether it's sometime over the next couple of days or, or next off season, both of these guys are going to, Allen Robinson's going to get paid more than Chris Godwin is, but I think Godwin's really going to, going to kind of set a bar for A-Rob to go to the A-Rob and Brandon Parker to go to the Bears and say, hey, listen, this is um, this is the deal that uh, we want to be able to set, or this is, the start, this is our starting price. Can you match it? Well, the reality of the situation for me, uh, when looking at the situation you said is, I think the bar was set actually – you know, a couple off seasons ago when Amari Cooper got his long-term deal with Dallas, where he got, I think it was a five-year, $100 million deal, basically $20 million a year. And then we saw in this last offseason, Keenan Allen got an extension. We saw Robert Woods get an extension in that 18 to $20 million price range. And then Kenny Galladay, of course, this offseason, even in an oppressed wide receiver market due to uh, the pandemic and, and the shrinking cap space as a result of that, um, he got about $18 million a year, I believe, in my and from what I've seen there. So, uh, you're looking at this here. It seems like the price range that we're looking at here is about 20 million with the way that the, the cap is going to start specking up soon. Once again, um, following a couple of years where, you know, they're going to be trying to get back to where they were um, before the pandemic came about in terms of overall cap space around the league. I think 20 million per year is about the price range to look at here for Al Robinson's deal, maybe a little bit more than that, um, depending on how the guarantees work out. So I, th I think if we're going to be doing any starting point, that's the starting point here. And, you know, it just makes no sense to me because I've seen a lot of this on Bears Twitter where they're like, well, you know, if Al Robinson doesn't want to send uh, sign an extension here, just let him leave. Like, 
or let him get to the next offseason where we can franchise tag him again. And I just don't understand that thinking because we just had this huge monumental moment for, moment for the franchise where they trade up for Justin Fields. They are now fully committed now to developing and trying to get the most out of a young rookie quarterback here because we saw what happened the last time. They didn't do quite as much um, to surround and help their young quarterback with Mitchell Trubisky. We saw what the results were and how he flopped as a result. Well, I wouldn't say as a result, but certainly he wasn't helped by the fact that his rookie year, he just did not have the weapons. And then moving on to that, they just didn't invest enough into the offense to really help support him um, to the fullest degree, even though I think they did do enough to kind of help him um, develop enough. But the point here is that like, we, we've just we've seen over the past few years that the best way to support a young quarterback is to give him that number one wide receiver that he can reliably connect with and, and rely upon game in and game out, that he can have a guy that when there's a big situation where he needs to get a completion, he can go to this guy and rely upon him to get that completion there. And Al Robinson, you know, say what, what you want about him. Maybe he's not the best speed threat in the world. Maybe he's not the best yards after the catch guy in the world, but at this time, he is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. He is a legitimate number one wide receiver, and those guys don't grow on trees. And you look at where the Bears' situation are at right now. They are not in a position to where I think they can, you know, realistically let their number one wide receiver just, you know, leave in the next offseason. And you look at who's on the roster, Darnell Mooney. Yeah, he's a nice young weapon for this offense, but he's not, he's not a number one wide receiver. And the whole point here, when you look at, drafting a guy like Justin Fields is you're trying to shift your organization away from being a defensive minded team to an offensive minded team. The best way to do that is to surround your young quarterback, which is with as many weapons and offense as possible. Like why would you consciously consciously make the decision to make your offense worse by not locking in your best player on that side of the ball in long-term. So that's where the frustration comes to me for me as a bears fan I just don't see franchise tagging Al Robinson of the year is making a lot of sense either because it's not like the Bears have a ton of salary cap space to work with here. We'll get to that, you know, a little bit later on in the show and get into the specifics of where they're at with their cap situation for today's podcast episode. But I mean, I know the Bears have more than what they've had typically over the past couple of years. But when you look at where they're at with all the needs they're going to have next offseason, it really doesn't amount to much um, in terms of what they can work with here. So, you know, designating another $20 million in cap space for another one-year deal for Allen Robinson next season just doesn't make a lot of sense to me when they have so many other ways, so many things they have, they have to address next offseason. So all around, I, I just don't understand this, you know, this concept here of not signing Allen Robinson to a long-term deal if I'm the Bears because he's proven over the past few years that he is that type of wide receiver. He's had some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL to work with, and he's still putting up top five numbers amongst wide receivers in the NFL. So it it's mind-boggling to me that they haven't gotten this done or even tried to get this done because it seems like from the Bears' perspective that they're not even trying to get this deal done and there's no urgency here to get a deal done. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned Justin Fields. I mean, I'll get to him in a moment here, but if you look right now, I mean, on over the cap, there's only four wide receivers that are making more than $20 million a year. That's DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. Now, Cooper signed the five-year $100 million extension. His was 40% guaranteed, by the way. Julio Jones was 97% guaranteed, and Hopkins was 78%, 78.4% guaranteed. 
So right now, if you're Allen Robinson, I mean, you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, well, look, on the franchise tag, I'm guaranteed about 99.4% of this contract. But really, what am I going to go ahead and do to, or how do I want to approach this if the Bears are indeed serious about signing? Now, also, when you look at the NFL here, just in terms of teams that have drafted rookie quarterbacks over the last couple of years, there's a trend that when these teams are going into year two, with these young quarterbacks, they really try to build around them. I mean, look, the Bears did it with Trubisky. That's how they got Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and Taylor Gabriel back in 2018. But then another notable team would be the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. And I understand Carson Wentz is not what he used to be, but he was a legitimate MVP candidate in 2017, not just because he's a very talented quarterback himself, but also because you look at how aggressive the Eagles were. I mean, they went out that offseason. They signed Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey, two wide receivers to go ahead and add to a offensive aerial attack that already included Sackers. Then they brought in Chance Warmack, signing him to a quick deal. And then they also bought in guys like LeGarrette Blunt, as well as a backup in Nick Paul. So the point is, is that you need to be, the Bears need to continue to be aggressive and aggressive when it comes to building around Justin Fields. Because when you look at the last time, that there was a rookie quarterback on the roster. It was Trubisky, and there wasn't really a reliable number one, number two, or number three guy. I mean, the Bears were basically hoping that Cam Meredith, Kevin White, Kendall Wright, these guys, um, Josh Bellamy was included in that group as well. Marcus Wheaton, even all these guys that would probably be wide receiver four, five, and six on any other team. The Bears were kind of hoping that they were going to be good enough to hold the fort down and be ideal receivers for Trubisky. Now, what needs to happen is this with A-Robbie. You need to pay him what is serious market value. And I do think right now, when you look at it, Allen Robinson, he's probably going to, whatever new deal he gets, whether it's with the Bears or another team, he's going to end up being paid more than Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, and these guys like Kenny Galladay and Tyreek Hill, who hover right around that $20 million range. I think for Allen Robinson, I've seen numbers floated around on Bears Twitter and just social media in general, where a lot of fans are like, okay, well, what about a four-year deal worth 125 or $100 million when you're paying him $25 million a year? Others say, hey, what about like a five-year deal worth like $120 million? So the number is certainly going to exceed $20 million, but right now it's up to the Bears to get it done because Everything I think that we see in here tells us that the Bears want Allen Robinson back and Allen Robinson wants to be back because the coaches do talk very highly of him. But the question just comes down to how much are the Bears legitimately serious? And the fact that it's basically taken two offseason shows that, well, there's been some offers that may have been exchanged in the past, but talks really haven't gotten very serious because teams and agents are going to go back and forth all the time. And I know that Brandon Parker's dad, Eugene Parker, was an agent as well. And Brandon Parker is Allen Robinson's agent, by the way. But Eugene had a great relationship with the Bears franchise, and they were able to get a couple deals done for some big-name players. So you really wonder, the holdup here, I don't even think is A-Rob and his party. It's more so the Bears. Yeah, which is even more baffling to me because they were willing to pay you know top-of-the-market value for guys like Eddie Jackson, they're willing to pay top of the market value for guys like Eddie Goldman. You know, they paid significant money out to Akeem, Akeem Hicks when his extension came along. Um, they were willing to sign Tariq Cohen early when they really didn't have to. Like they, you know, paid a lot of other players, you know, top dollar when they really didn't have to. And, you know, this is a situation where, again, offense is the most important thing to address here 
in the modern day NFL, especially with a young quarterback that you're trying to develop here. Like why wouldn't you try surrounding with the best weapons possible on the offensive side of the ball to work with. And I don't know. It, it's frustrating because it does feel, it, it feels like, you know, Al Robinson does want to be here, but he's not going to settle for a lesser deal that he thinks he can exceed on the open market. And I think the bears, they're trying to play a game of chicken right now where they're trying to, you know, see who ducks first in this negotiation. And clearly, you know, Al Robinson is content taking this to the next offseason. The Bears seem to be content taking this to the next offseason. And I don't know. I think it's a huge mistake. You know, I kind of tweeted this out a couple of days ago. You know, Ryan Pace has got garnered a ton of goodwill, I think, from a lot of Bears fans after, you know, most of them were ready to run him out of town earlier this offseason. With what he was able to do in the draft and the direction this team appears to be on going forward, you know, with Justin Fields in the fold at quarterback and how that kind of helps their cap situation a little bit going forward. But man, if he messes this up and Allen Robinson is not on the roster in 2022, they cannot find a good enough replacement for him. Because again, like I said, wide receiver, number one wide receivers are not as easy as I think a lot of fans think it is to find in the modern day NFL or, and that they certainly won't come cheap by the way, either. Um, You know, it's going to be a tough situation going forward. I think for this bears offense, especially when you're trying to get the most out of a young quarterback and, you know, trying to help him as much as possible as he starts his career uh, in the NFL with the Bears. All right, so with that said, let's get on to really the topic for today's episode, the main topic for this episode today. And that's kind of previewing a little a little bit of an early preview of the 2022 offseason. And we kind of started that with this Allen Robinson discussion because, you know, Allen Robinson's contract situation, it does bleed into 2022. Um, in terms of the offseason period, because, you know, he's going to be the top free agent for the Bears going into next season. Um, But there are also a lot of other free agents and a lot of other things to talk about here when it comes to the 2022 offseason. And certainly I think it's definitely worth taking a quick look ahead before we get into this season, because um, I think what we see this year is going to heavily determine how the Bears look next year and beyond with the way they construct the roster going forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So without further ado, you said, let's just get into it right here by going over where the Bears are at with their cap situation and their draft capital situation because Those are two most important things to detail right now. What kind of resources do the Bears have to offer to upgrade their roster or at least maintain their roster next season? Because you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, 
year two of a rookie quarterback on the rookie contract teams like to in the NFL like to get aggressive. So the bears do in 2018. You saw the Rams did it with Jared Goff. So the Eagles do it with Carson Wentz. And then when you look at this past offseason, uh, the Chargers were aggressive, building around Justin Herbert, and the Miami Dolphins were aggressive, trying to help out Tua this past offseason. So, you know, clearly I think Ryan P- Pace's track record has shown that he is going to be aggressive and he's going to uh, find ways to maneuver the cap and, um, you know, try to get guys, impactful players in the draft. He's going to try to find ways, but, uh, man, I, I don't know how – you know, how many resources he's really going to have available to him to do that in this offseason? Because, you know, looking at this right now, I mean, yes, it does look favorable in terms of a cap situation because currently they have around $36 million in cap space to work with looking into next year. As of right now, according to the current salary cap projections. Now, this is according to overthecap.com. They listed their projection at about $208 million. So take that with a grain of salt. That could be a little bit higher. That could be a little bit lower, depending on uh, the revenue that comes in from this season. Um, and keep in mind, the Bears also have about $5 million as of right now to roll over into next year with their current cap space that they have in 2021. So you're looking at a situation to where you're around $40, $41 million in cap space. But keep in mind, like I just said, a lot of that's going to be tied up potentially in either re-signing Allen Robinson on a franchise tag or just an extension or replacing him in free agency with a, a true number one wide receiver. So keep in mind of that right there. So it, re- it really is a little bit deceiving in terms of how much cap space the Bears actual, actually have. And in terms of the draft capital, again, because of the Justin Fields trade, they don't have a first-round pick and they don't have a fourth-round pick. And it's unlikely they're going to be getting any compensatory picks from this offseason because of the signing of Andy Dalton. So um, they're pretty low on draft capital. So we know that a lot of their building is going to be in free agency. Now that brings us to the players that are going to be available in free agency for the bears in terms of who are going to be free agents from their own team. You said, and I'll, I'll shoot this over to you right now. Who are some of the big names you're looking at that are going to be free agents for the bears going to next offseason? guys that you think uh, the Bears should be looking at potentially retaining here next season. Well, Clearly, Allen Robinson's the biggest fish in the pond that comes to mind. But then you also look at it. I mean, the Bears don't have a lot of players under contract for next season. Going all the way to 2024, there's only a couple players under contract, actually, which I think about 10 or 11. So it's going to be a lot of signings the next two offseason. But what you have to do is this is you have to go ahead and look at what are your your core players are, the guys that really prove themselves, right? So for me, I mean, looking at the Bears next offseason, it's going to be very clear that you have to make an attempt to re-sign James Daniels as well as Bilal Nichols, depending on how both of those guys do this year. A third guy to keep in mind would be wide receiver Anthony Miller, depending on how he does. And then just other needs across the roster, you're very realizing that they're going to be in the market for a backup quarterback next year. You also realize that Akeem Hicks is a free agent. Not really sure if you're going to bring him back because he's going to be 33 next offseason. To Sean Gibson, you have Pat O'Donnell, Deion Bush, who's been a pretty solid depth piece. And then Jermaine Ifedi is another one. Now, I know a lot of Bears fans are split on Jermaine Ifedi. Listen, if he plays pretty good next in 2021, he's only 28 years or he's going to be 28 next offseason. You know what? Maybe you consider signing him, especially if one of these guys at right guard doesn't pan out. And then other names, it's just depth across the board. So you're looking at someone like Alex Bars, for example, who started eight games last season 
Six at right guard, one at center, one at left guard. That's versatility right there that the Bears really value. And then you're also going to have a middle linebacker in Joel Iabuniway who's going to be a free agent. Do you look at bringing him back? I know the million-dollar question is what the hell is going to happen with Jimmy Graham. Yeah, the Bears aren't going to bring Jimmy Graham back next offseason. They will address that need in the um, draft or via free agency. And then another name to keep an eye on, an emerging center in Sam Mustafa. He's a player that has been on the practice squad. He's going to enter 2021 with the possibility of starting. If he holds the fort down for all 16 games, you know what? You have to bring Sam Mustafa back. Yeah, the offensive line situation is going to be interesting because that's two, you know, really three pending free agents that are currently on their starting lineup right now. You look at Sam Mustafer at center, uh, James Daniels at right guard, and Jermaine Fetty at right tackle. That's the entire right side of the offensive line. And I know, you know, Tevin Jenkins, he's slated to be the long-term left tackle as of right now, the guy they traded up in the second round for. And then Cody Whitehair, he's locked in at left guard. But that right side of the offensive line is a question, a huge question mark going forward, not only this year, but next year, it's even more of a question mark. And, you know, I know they – drafted Larry Borman in the fifth round, but he's a fifth round pick still. You cannot bank on him being ready to start at right tackle for you going into next season. And right tackle isn't necessarily a position that's going to be cheap for you if you're looking to get quality play at that spot. So that's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how Jermaine Ifedi plays this year, because like you, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, Jermaine Ifedi, I thought he was pretty solid to end the year at right tackle. Uh, but certainly nothing spectacular. And that was kind of reflected in the contract he got this last offseason. You know, a decent deal for a starting right tackle. Well, certainly nothing that would uh, break the bank or anything. But, you know, Juan Castillo has mentioned this offseason that he has a lot of confidence in Jermaine Fetty and that he's a big fan of his play and where he's going in terms of his development as a player. You know, let's say Jermaine Fetty, because it's, it's not uncommon for offensive tackles, you know, in year five, year six of their career to – really hit the ground running and really uh, see massive improvement in their play because, you know, for a lot of these tackles, it just takes a while for some of these guys to get used to the NFL game and really get going against some of these really talented edge rushers um, and pass blocking these guys. And Jermaine Effetti is more of a run blocker at this point, but if he can develop as a pass protector in particular, I think that's going to raise his value a ton um, if he does show that improvement this next next upcoming season. And we already talked about the need to pay Allen Robinson. Well, now right tackle becomes a position potentially where you're going to be paying a, quite a bit of money there to keep a guy like Jermaine Effetti in the building for you. And the same goes for James Daniels too. Like how much value is he going to have on the open market as a right guard, for instance, because he's another guy. You talk about Alex Bars, Bars providing that uh, versatility. You know, James Daniels provides versatility as well as a guy who can play all three interior line positions. So how much money is he going to have on the open market, assuming that he has a good year and a contract season? So, you know, a lot of moving parts here with the offensive line for the Bears. I think that's really where things get dicey for this team long-term because, yeah, the left side, you feel pretty good about that. But, you know, if, if they had to move on from one or even two of these guys on the right side of the offensive line, that could be very detrimental, I think, you know, if they can't replace those, replace those players either in the draft or in free agency with quality players at those spots. Right. I totally agree. And and what, what you're looking with that offensive line unit is you're looking for continuity because you finally have a youth movement that's happening. I mean, Sam Mustafer again, going into year three, Cody Whitehair is the most experienced. Well, Cody Whitehair and James, I'm sorry, Cody Whitehair and Jermaine Ifedi were both drafted in the same 
year. So they are um, both players that are pretty much they have the same experience. They're going into year six. You have James Daniels that's going into year four. Tevin Jenkins is entering year one. Larry Barome's entering year one. Alex Barr is going into year three. When you look at that, you realize that the best offensive lines are the ones that have consistently played together for a number of years now. And the Bears, they've really throughout the Ryan Pace era, have really do not have any sort of level of continuity on the roster, especially in terms of the offensive line. So you're trying to solidify that. But then also, let's just say in a scenario where Jermaine Ifedi is not back, then you can be in a situation where Larry Barome could be ready to fully take over. Someone like Alex Bars, for example. I mean, he could be someone else that's going to take over. But then also looking at other parts of this roster, you have to realize that one of the things that no one's talking about right now is that the Bears could possibly lose both Robinson and Miller next offseason. And that's big there because you can't go into 2022 with just Darnell Mooney and then a couple of these other guys on the roster because there's a chance Javon Wims isn't here in 2021 as well as um someone like Riley Ridley both of those guys could be caught Marquise Goodwin Demir Bird are both on one-year deals as well and then you touched on the draft capital earlier I mean it's going to be hard because the Bears will have a lot of needs like you said they don't have a first or fourth round pick you get historically in the second round the Bears have been pretty good hitting on guys like Eddie Goldman as well as James Daniels and Cody Whitehair but then you look at round three the Bears have absolute Ryan Pace has been so atrocious in round three I mean his best third round pick has been David Montgomery they don't have a fourth rounder and then you're looking at fifth sixth seventh rounders where with those picks you hope you find someone that's going to be a hidden gem yeah and that's just you know again it's not a ton to work with there into the draft capital so like i said before a lot of what they're going to be able to do in terms of adding talent or retaining talent is going to have to be done in free agency and like again the 40 million or so in cap space that they will have it's going to be you know nice to have that for once you know not be totally up against the cap once again but again that's going to be going quickly uh, once you get to some of these big needs that they have in the roster, you know, wide receiver is not going to be cheap to address here because they need not only to either re-sign Al Robinson or get an equivalent player as a number one wide receiver in free agency, but they're going to need to get a third wide receiver as well because, you know, Darnell Mooney, I like him as a number two, but they need a quality number three. You cannot go into 2022 with just two, you know, competent options at wide receiver for your team right there. They're going to need to get a legitimate number three wide receiver whether that's Anthony Miller or some other veteran that they find in free agency remains to be seen. Um, and again, the offensive line, right tackle is not going to be a cheap position to fill, um, especially if a guy like Jermaine Effetti really starts to shine at that right tackle spot this next upcoming season. You know, I don't think James Daniels is going to be necessarily cheap if he has the type of year that I think he can have at that right guard spot. And, you know, Sam Mustafer, I think they do have him as a restricted free agent. So, he will be able to be brought back at a really low, at a relatively low price. So I'm not too worried about Mustafer at this point. But then again, I mean, you never know. That's still a, you know, a little bit of money there to spend in that center position that otherwise could be addressed in another way there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money that's going to be thrown around just to fill those needs alone. And that doesn't even get us to the, to the defensive side of the ball, where uh, the really the bigger the biggest question here is. Who do you keep between Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols here? Because, you know, it's going to be this thing where, yeah, Akeem Hicks, he's been the better player throughout his career with the Bears, obviously, than Bilal Nichols. He's been 
Um, at his best, a very, a very dominant player, arguably a top five interior disruptor in the NFL when you look at interior defensive linemen. But he's getting up there in age. I think he's going to be 32 years old next offseason, um, which certainly could point to a point of time where he starts to decline at this stage of his career. We kind of saw, you know, late last season him not have the same type of impact that we've seen from Akeem Hicks in the past, as well as the fact that he's dealt with a lot of injuries over the past couple of years, which has kept him off the field at certain points um, over the past two seasons, which is certainly not ideal for an older player. And then you pose that with a guy like Bilal Nichols, who, yeah, he's more of a role player, I think, at this stage of his career. Um, but he's been getting a guy who's been improving steadily over the course of his time here in Chicago. You know, he's been a very solid fifth round pick, a very good fifth round pick for Ryan Pace and his front office here for the Bears. Uh, but, you know, if he has a nice year here going into a contract season, you know, what kind of money is, he's, is he going to have on the open market here? And the same goes for Akeem Hicks. You know, it's very likely that they'll be both garnering similar money here on the open market so the bears are not going to really have much of a choice here they're it's going to have to be either we're going with the young guy Nichols or going with the older veteran and keem hicks and i'm um, trying to see if we can maximize a couple more years of his career before he's you know going to either retire or move on elsewhere on another contract later down the road so uh that's kind of a tough situation to be in because we talked about how they need to address a lot of needs in the offense but both of those players are very key components of what they have on their defense right now and, you know, that's could be a situation to where they might have to sacrifice a little bit on the defensive side of the ball if they want to continue to support Justin Fields on offense. Yeah, and I think that because we've been on this podcast saying this for so long, pretty much. I mean, if the Bears are going to rebuild the offense and become a modern franchise, it's going to have to come at the expense of the defense. And next season, you're going to have to take – you're going to have to see the defense take even more of a step backwards in terms of some of the players, because they are going to have to infuse that side of the ball with a bevy of youth. I mean, Bilal Nichols, I would say that he could get something very similar to what Roy Robertson Harris got from the Jacksonville Jaguars this past free agency period, where I think it was like a three year, $24 million deal making just about seven or $8 million a year. I think that's a fair projection. I also think that the best teams in the NFL, what tends to happen is this is they know when to move on from players. And if the bears are smart, they'll realize that, you know what, Akeem Hicks time is just going to come to an end quicker than we expected, because we also have to keep in mind that when you look at the roster right now, one of the best case scenarios is that one of these young cornerbacks like a Kendall Vildor or Thomas Graham Jr. emerges to the point where the Bears don't have to worry about cornerback next offseason. If that doesn't happen in a pass-happy league, you're going to have to invest in another cornerback, whether that is probably going to have to be via free agency to get someone who's NFL ready rather than relying on a rookie. You're going to have to find someone that is going to be able to be cornerback two opposite Jalen Johnson. And I think that's just going to have to come at the expense of the front seven. Yeah, we very well could be going into a situation where they have to get rid of Nichols and Hicks next offseason in order to make that happen. Because like you said, they still have needs at cornerback and in the secondary in general, you know, safety is another position to where, you know, they don't have another uh, another starter next to Eddie Jackson either. So uh, the secondary is going to need a lot of work next offseason as well. Like you said, it's a passing league. You need guys that can cover these wide receivers you know, at a high enough level for you um, if you're going to survive on the defensive side of the ball. I know Ryan Pace and his regime seem to value, you know, a strong front seven as opposed to investing a lot in the back seven in terms of the secondary, but uh, I think that thinking is going to have to change for them maybe um, over the next couple of years because that's just the way that the game is trending right now. It's trending away from 
front sevens and, and dominant uh, front fours uh, dominating the game defensively um, for you and really making a true impact. More of your, you're seeing more impact um, on, the de- on the defensive side of the ball coming from quality coverage units helping to raise the level of an already good pass rush. And so that's, that's really where it gets interesting for the Bears' dilemma here in this conversation. You know, if they're up to me, I think they can get a deal done with Bilal Nichols coming up soon because you want to reward the guys that you drafted and have overplayed their expectations with your team because it just it sends a good message to the locker room that, you know, if you perform with us and we didn't uh, put a lot of resources into getting you, we are going to reward you down the line. Um, I think that would be a good message for the locker room to get a guy like Nichols um, retain long-term. And I think, unfortunately, it comes to a situation to where they're already kind of flirting with the idea of moving on from Akeem Hicks this offseason. I think they're going to have to, you know, make that official next offseason and really kind of cut the bridge there and just move on from Akeem Hicks in general just because, again, let him finish out his career somewhere else. You know, let him finish out his contract this year, of course. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough money for um, Akeem Hicks to stay, unfortunately, for the Bears in 2022 and beyond. And just, it's unfortunate because you want him to be a guy that he's one of those players where you want him to finish your, his career in Chicago. But if this team is going to get to where they need to be with Justin Fields on his rookie contract, uh, they cannot run to the same mistake they made with the Trubisky um, era in terms of investing so many resources on the defensive side of the ball, where that unfortunately and eventually takes away from what you can invest on the offensive side of the ball. They certainly can't do that. And just another quick trend I wanted to know is that if you look at a team like the Chiefs, for example, and again, the Chiefs have redefined how to build rosters in the NFL, but they went out to see their offensive line they saw in the Super Bowl was a weakness. They went out and they attacked it aggressively, bringing back guys like Kyle or bringing in guys like Kyle Long, trading for guys like Orlando Brown Jr. and then drafting Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. So the point is, is that in what is such a pass heavy and offensive heavy league, the Bears, if they're going to get to the point where with a lot of these top teams, they have to consistently understand, no, we need to keep attacking and adding and adding and adding on the offense. What we have right now simply isn't enough or good enough. I mean, look at the Bucks, for example, they go out and, okay, so they get, they are First things first, the Bucks already had a pretty solid offensive core. It's just they didn't have the quarterback until Tom Brady arrived. And all of a sudden, Tom Brady arrives. What did he do? Well, they bring in Leonard Fournette, even though they had Ronald Jones there. And then they go ahead and they sign Antonio Brown halfway through the season for seven to eight games, despite having Chris Godwin as well as Mike Evans there. And then they had guys like Cam Bray and OJ Howard. So the Bears need to continue to just attack and be aggressive on offense. And the way that the league is going – we're seeing a trend now where, you know what, you can have whatever a top 15 defense, you can have the 15th or 20th ranked defense. But if you have the, let's just say like a top five, top three, top five offense, that will more than enough make up for your defense, which does not have to be a elite elite unit anymore to be able to win games. Now, granted, you could also consider a team like Tampa Bay to be an exception because they do have a lot of talent with linebackers Levante David as well as Devin White and then they have a really solid secondary as well but like take a look at the Chiefs I mean they're so good on offense that they don't necessarily need to worry about overhauling the defensive side of the ball to remain relevant obviously having the best quarterback of this generation helps and I think that Justin Fields certainly has the talent to develop into a top quarterback in the NFL a couple of years from now but if the Bears are going to help Justin Fields get to that point then 
and they're going to be relevant for like 15 to 20 seasons, then you know what? You need to keep investing on the offense. Yeah, I think the Chiefs, they certainly made some mistakes in their process, you know, at times over the past couple of years. But I think you're right in terms of, you know, if the Bears are going to be going to this direction here where they're going to be shifting their focus on building a great offense, I mean, that's what they have to do. They have to sacrifice on the defensive side of the ball, unfortunately. And the Chiefs have kind of shown, like you said, you know, they can you can have an average defense um, and still be a dominant team at the end of the day as long as you get the quarterback right and as long as you have playmakers that can make big plays for the offensive side of the ball and you can have that, you know, dominant offense. That's really is what's going to win for you here in the modern day NFL. We, we've seen that happen, you know, year after year after year. It's teams that have that consistent offense that win year after year after year. It, it's just really difficult, especially nowadays, to build a consistent winner around a dominant defense because defense just varies so much year to year. Consist, consistency is found on the offensive side of the ball, and I hope that the Bears are realizing that. Unfortunately, I just don't know if Ryan Pace is seeing that because he's not, you know, even attempting to re-sign Al Robinson, but we've we've kind of gone over that enough. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, something that we haven't really gone over yet, you said, is going over what the needs actually are for the Bears. We've kind of talked about a little bit here, but I think it's a good chance right here um, to kind of go over what the needs actually are for this team, because there are a lot of them. We kind of addressed that a little bit here, kind of alluded to that a little bit, but let's just start on the offensive side of the ball here. I kind of talked about the entire right side of the offensive line is going to probably need, if not an overhaul, um, they're going to need to invest quite a bit to retain the guys that they have currently on the roster right now. Right tackle, right guard, and center are currently under, are currently slated to be not having a starter under contract next year as of right now. The same goes for the wide receiver position. You know, Al Robinson, not under contract next year. You know, they're going to need to either keep him in town or find a replacement as a true number one wide receiver. Wide receiver number three is also a question mark because Anthony Miller's going to be a free agent, and they don't really have another proven guy on the roster to fill in for him right now. So those are a lot of key spots right there already for your offense. And then you go to the tight end position, uh, the U tight end position, which Jimmy Graham currently kind of plays as of right now. I know Cole Komet, a lot of Bears fans are excited for his development, but in my opinion, he's more of a traditional Y inline tight end that can occasionally do some U type stuff, you know, where you can move around the formation occasionally, but he's more of an inline tight end. They still need a true move tight end, a U tight end that you, that Maggie calls it um, to really help their offense. I think, totally thrive. We kind of saw in 2018 that, you know, Trey Burton, a lot of Bears fans give him flack for the injuries that occurred um, in 2019 and beyond that just kind of ruined his career here with the Bears. But, you know, people forget that in 2018, he was a really solid player for them at that new position. And it's really important for this offense and how it operates because, you know, having two tight end threats that can, you know, act as legitimate receivers for you um, in multiple formations and multiple 12 personnel uh, packages it really adds to the flexibility of your passing attack there. And, not, and to not have that, I think, is going to be huge for this offense. So Jimmy Graham being off the roster, you know, even though Jimmy Graham isn't the greatest player anymore, he's more of a red zone specialist at this point in his career. 
um, it's still going to be important to find that long-term um, position at you. Uh, the long-term outlook for that position is still a little bit in flux here. And then that takes us then to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's where, again, the defensive line, they're going to have some needs there, missing out on, you know, Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols, both being free agents there. Uh, I know they re-signed guys like Mario Edwards. Uh, he's going to be back in the fold for that upcoming year. Eddie Goldman's still under contract. Uh, you know, Angelo Blackson was a guy that gave a two-year deal. So they're going to have some bodies there. But who's going to be that difference maker um, alongside those guys? Uh, that's going to be something that's going to be missing for them on the defensive side of the ball. You know, what do they do at edge position? Is Robert Quinn going to be staying here another year, or are they going to cut him going to next season? You know, if they do, either a guy like Travis Gibson is going to have to step up. You know, Jeremiah Atuachi is going to still be under contract, I think. He signed a two-year deal, so he's going to still be on the roster, I would think. Um, but they're going to need somebody to step up at that second edge spot alongside Khalil Mack at some point. You know, if Robert Quinn is eventually cut because they could save some money by moving on from him, um, that's going to be an, another need for them. You know, inside linebacker, that's still a bit of a need because Roquan Smith, he's going to be going to his fifth-year option. You know, do they extend him at that point? Dan Trevathan, what's his status? You know, if he can't have a bounce-back year, do the Bears just outright cut him at that point and try to save a little bit of money um, as a June first, as a post-June 1st release? I would save him about $3.5 right there. So inside linebacker, that could be another need for this team. And then the big one, obviously, is cornerback. That's a huge need for this team because Jalen Johnson right now, he's the only established starter on the roster for the Bears. Now, I know Kendall Vildor had a nice minicamp. Um, it sounds like he's going to be uh, competing for a starting spot alongside, alongside Desmond Trufant. But again, we haven't seen any evidence on the field uh, where he's a proven starter for this team long term. He still has a lot to prove both in training camp and his upcoming season to prove that he's a long-term starter. And even if that's the case, you know, slot quarterback is still going to be a need for them in the slot. Now they, they uh, drafted Thomas Graham, who I really like, but again, there's no evidence on the field where I can say without a shadow of a doubt that he's a long-term starter for them. So quarterback is still going to be a huge need for them because you kind of said it earlier, you can never have too many quality corners on this rock on this, on your team. And that puts their defense in a little bit of a flux there because you know, they, they just don't have the proven bodies right now to where I can say confidently that that won't be something that will not have to be addressed in free agency or the draft. Yeah, and talking about that cornerback position, I mean, look, the Bears signed veteran Desmond Trufant to like a one-year deal this offseason. And again, he is a player who from 2000, he started 103 career games. So you could consider him an established starter. But we also have to keep in mind that over the last two seasons, Dufont has only started a total of, I think it's 15 games with Atlanta and Detroit. So really what you're looking at is a player, they're signing a veteran that they're going to hope is healthy in 2021 to hold the fort down, which is going to allow these guys such as Kendall Wilder or Duke Shelley or Thomas Graham, for example, to go ahead and properly develop and eventually take over in 2022. But ultimately, you also have to keep in mind is that if one of those guys doesn't work out, like Vilder or Shelly, for example, then you're just going to have to readdress the position. And you know what? Looking at next, the 20, an early 2022 draft preview, just watching some tape, doing some film, I mean, in certain ways, you could argue that, yeah, despite only having a projected five draft picks right now, which again, certainly could change with trades and stuff, for better or for worse, knowing Ryan Pace's aggressive strategy, that it is going to be a pretty decent cornerback class next year. You're looking at guys like Seven Banks from Ohio State or even Derek Singley Jr. 
from LSU. He's a guy that a lot of people right now are mocking to be the consensus cornerback one in next year's class. I mean, I think Texas A&M has a couple prospects as well. So the point is, is that Chicago is going to have to draft a cornerback next year. And it's probably going to have to be once again in the second round, unless one of these guys pan out. And again, we're talking a guy like Vilder or Duke Shelley being the best case scenario for panning out. We can't really go ahead and say, you know what, they're for they're going to be surefire products. Because I do think that if the Bears were really confident in Builder and Shelley, they wouldn't have signed Desmond Trufant this offseason. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really invest a lot in Desmond Trufant, so that kind of shows you that they're not really 100% sold on him being the guy for this year. But certainly it shows that they are looking to find competition for those younger guys in the cornerback room right now. And I mean, they've been in on some other guys, I think. Um, Bashar Breland was another name where I think the Bears were interested in signing him. And Steven Nelson, he's still out there um, as a cornerback option for them in free agency right now. So the cornerback rooms could still be addressed as of right now um, going to the training camp. But yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that cornerback room because there's just – there's just so many question marks right now. Even Jalen Johnson, who's the quote unquote established starter of the group, you know, he still has some question marks because, you know, how good can he actually be? Is he a true number one corner or is he more of a number two corner? Um, how can, can he stay healthy with a shoulder injury? That's been uh, something that was kind of an issue for him in college and kind of showed up again in, in his rookie year. You know, when he's on the field, he's really good, but can he stay healthy long term? So, those are going to be some things that are going to be that are going to have to be addressed, and that doesn't even get into the fact that you know once again, if they are going to maximize Justin Fields on his rookie contract, a lot of their resources have to go to the offensive side of the ball. So a lot of money is going to be spent there. A lot of their draft picks are going to be spent there on the offensive side of the ball. So the defense, I think we're we're starting to see a situation here. You said where I think the defense, you know, it could be in a spot where we see a bit of a dramatic decline over the next couple of years. I wouldn't say dramatic decline, but a bit more of a decline than what we've typically gotten used to seeing over the past three years or so from this group, just because, you know, they just don't have the resources as of right now to address the many needs that they have on their team. And again, like we've said here a couple of times here in this episode, they're going to have to sacrifice defense if they want to make the necessary improvements on offense. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So that gets us to the last thing I want to talk about here. You say, you know, some ways that the Bears can open up some cast space, but some potential extensions that could be in play here as well next offseason because, you know, these are guys that won't be free agents next year, but guys that certainly could have their names uh, in the running to have an extension and a long-term deal um, handed out to them this next offseason. And that's the two guys that we're kind of looking at here of course, or Roquan Smith, I kind of mentioned earlier on his fifth-year option, uh, the Bears could save a significant amount of cap space by extending him and then manipulating his cap hit to kind of reduce that to the minimum next year and getting him on a long-term deal. But another interesting name for me as well is what did the Bears do with David Montgomery at running back? This is a player that they traded up for in the 2019 draft, traded away 
I think two fourth round picks and swapped a third round pick in order to get him on the roster. Now, David Montgomery, he's been a quality back for them for them over the past couple of years. I've kind of mentioned um, talking about the 2021 class that Khalil Herbert was a name that I'm really intrigued to see how he develops because I think if Herbert can be somebody that can develop into a starting caliber player, that it would make sense to move on from David Montgomery and not extend him. But it could be a situation here where the Bears, because of David Montgomery's value as a receiver, because of what he brings as a runner, uh, just in general, you know, they might see him, you know, after another big year as a guy that could be in play for a long-term deal here. You know, what situation do you see happening with David Montgomery? And do you think he's a player that could be in contention to get a long-term deal eventually worked out for him in Chicago? Yeah, so looking at David Montgomery again, he had about 1,508 yards from scrimmage last year, so certainly a player that I still thought was really good. The Bears' second best offensive playmaker, second or third best offensive playmaker behind Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, but also I felt like because of a bad offensive line, he left a lot of production out on the field. Now, going into 2021, obviously you have an overhauled offensive line, so one of the big things that you're going to look at is, hey, listen, can David Montgomery be a player that becomes a – guy that has a thousand yards from just 2000 yards from scrimmage in general. That means a thousand yards rushing a thousand yards receiving. I think if he accomplishes that the bears are going to see the value of having the dual threat pass catching running back. If he doesn't show signs of slowing down and they will go ahead and they will hand him an extension. But also you have to keep this in mind is that Montgomery's under contract through the 2022 season. So you do realize that, you know what, maybe the Chicago goes and says, okay, we'll extend Roquan Smith this offseason because he's far more valuable than David Montgomery just because Roquan Smith's the far superior talent and you need a speedy off-ball linebacker in today's NFL to really make your uh, defense play at a really high level. And so maybe the Bears extend Roquan Smith in 2022 and then extend David Montgomery the following offseason. I think those are some routes that the Bears are going to have to explore some avenues because you also have to keep this in mind is the bad offensive line. You could also argue this is that it has hindered David Montgomery so much. He's got hit a lot. Maybe going into year four, he does take a step back or maybe this year he finally takes the big leap, especially because he's been working with speed trainer, Chris Corfus to just finally become that home run hitter. And then, you know, Khalil Herbert, you brought him up. I think that he's going to be some real, he, I think in year one, the bears are still figuring out how to use him. All right. He's, considers himself an all-purpose back but he's more so of a returner as well as a uh, guy who's a home run hitter he does need to grow as a wide receiver because he only had I think like 35 receptions throughout his college career between Kansas State as well as Virginia Tech but Herbert's another really solid option that I think could make some sort of significant impact once Damian Williams isn't on the roster next offseason yeah, I'm certainly excited to see what Herbert can offer in this offense because, you know, in my opinion, running back is not a position where I want to invest a ton of, of resources in, especially looking at where the Bears are at right now and where their needs kind of line up here. You know, we talked about a lot in this podcast that, you know, the Bears have a ton of needs here and a lot of valuable positions where they're going to have to invest a lot of resources in in order to either maintain performance or improve performance going forward. So, I think, you know, for me personally, I don't think extending David Montgomery at all is in the cards for the Bears going forward. You know, as much as I like him as a player, um, I just, running backs are just way too replaceable. And unless you're one of the elite guys in the game, I just I just don't think it's a good strategy to invest more than you need to in that position, especially when you can find guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round 
that can give you similar, if not somewhat better production um, at a much cheaper cost. So David Montgomery, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because I think the coaching staff like him quite a bit. Obviously, Ryan Pace invested a ton into getting him to Chicago. But, it, it, man, it's it's going to be a, a, lot, a lot of tough decisions. I think the main theme here of this podcast, you said, is that the Bears have a ton of tough decisions to make going forward here uh, when it comes to their 2022 cap sheet. And even going beyond that, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, I think, for this team going forward over the next couple of years. And that may be for the better. It may be for worse. But at the end of the day, this team right now in 2021 is going to look a lot different, I think, by 2022, 2023, and especially 2024. Uh, we're going to see a completely different style of roster, in my opinion, just based off of you know who they can afford to keep and who, who they have to let go going forward and what they need to do to really maximize what they've invested in with Justin Fields here going forward. So that's kind of where we're at here, looking at 2022. It's going to be interesting to see you know, how they address that going forward. Obviously, we still have 2021 in this season to look forward to as well. Um, but in terms of where we're at today, I think it's going to wrap it up here for us. You said uh, for all of our listeners out there, I think uh, it'd be important to look out for us over the next couple of weeks going to the training camp. Uh, we have a couple of guests lined up to kind of talk to in terms of previewing the 2022 draft class and um, some things to look forward to, to the uh, 2021 college football season. So Keep an eye out for that, Bears fans, and to all of our listeners out there. Um, in terms of where you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Picks for Pace. Uh, make sure to follow us on there to get updates and um, anything we're doing to kind of get our content out there um, to you guys on social media. Uh, you say, where can they follow you on Twitter? Where can our listeners follow you on Twitter? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Um, I'm going to be dropping articles pretty much daily on the Bear Report throughout training camp so really go ahead and keep an eye out for those and then as always you know make sure you're on there make sure you subscribe to the website some great content with training camp coming up and then also you know interact on the forums as well guys we've got a couple of them you know everyone's welcome as long as you sign up and then you know we'll be active on there throughout the season and dropping this show once a week yeah absolutely and you can follow me on twitter at aj freeman 25 like you said said uh, make sure to comment with us on the forums and just get involved and in going back and forth with us on um, any of these Bears topics and what your thoughts are going forward. And you can interact with us on Twitter as well, either at our personal accounts or on our Picks for Pace account. Uh, don't be afraid to interact with us and, get, and share your thoughts on what you think, you know, whether, whether it is the Bears or whether it is college football or whether it has to do with topics related to the draft. Let us know what you think on those social media forums. Um, as far as where we're at, um, I want to thank our listeners once again for tuning in on all podcasting platforms. Uh, we're really looking forward here to football getting started up once again with training camp coming up soon. But until then, uh, I want everyone to have a great rest of their week. Bear down, Bears fans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.